Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Boom Boom from John Lee Hooker, a nice robust way to get going this morning here on Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. Alongside their equivalents in the world of business, they'll be joined by business shapers. And my two business shapers, they're not one but two, are Chris Roberts and Tamara Roberts, a mother and daughter pair. Chris is the founder, co-founder of Ridgeview Wine Estate and Tamara Roberts is the CEO. You'll be hearing lots from them very shortly. In addition to hearing from them, you'll be hearing from our program partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And as well as all of that, of course, if you can take it, a sumptuous mix of music, including a classic from Miles Davis, new music from Daniel Hershakal, and this from Noemi Anuti. That was the delicious Doralise from Nomi Nuti. This is Jazz Shapers, and my business shapers today, as billed earlier, are Chris Roberts and Tamara Roberts, the mother and daughter dynamic geo who are running Ridgeview Wine Estate. And I'm so happy you could both join me. Ridgeview Wine Estate, now in its 20th year, yeah. 20th anniversary. I'm looking at Chris. Chris, you're the co-founder. This was your baby. This is your baby. Yes, it's still my baby, yes. Uh, go, let's just go back for a second. When you set up that business 20 years ago... Mm. You came out the back, I believe you'd sold a business a couple of years before. You'd done the earn out thing. Yes. And you and your husband were ready to do something else. Why wine? It had to be completely different from what we were doing previously because it was computers and software. And we always gave, if you got to your target at the end of the month, it was always champagne. And it just had a little ring about it. And Mike was reading about things that we're so close to champagne area, right soil. And he thought... It's about time we did that in England, basically. So that's what we did. Now, you say it very, you know, it's about time we did it. But actually, I believe Mike went on a few courses. Oh, yes. Yeah, he didn't, well, you, I, I love this. Uh, humble people who say, yes, well, we sold a business. <laughs> it went quite well. We thought we'd open another one. We didn't just do that. Actually, we learnt. We mugged up. We became experts, mm. which you did. Yes. And we took, we took you know, experience. We went and talked to everyone who had experience in France and anywhere in the world just to get their take on, on growing sparkling wine or growing the grapes for sparkling wine. Now, then I believe it got going 25,000... Uh, how many was how many was it in the first the, the first crop as it were that delivered was it twenty uh, twenty five thousand bottles is that right No, I don't think it was that many. Was it? It was probably about ten. Yeah. So with uh, with the vines, they uh, three years of really not giving you anything. Mm. Uh, in the fourth year, you might get a quarter of a of a standard crop. Uh, the fifth year, getting on to fifty percent, and then seventy five percent upwards. So really, in that first year. Um, what we had in the ground would have given us 25,000 bottles, but in that first year it would have been about a quarter of that, uh, and then we built up from there. Yes. And how many are you selling now? We're, um, well, we're producing. Uh, we've producing, bottled yes. 300,000 bottles this year, so it's been quite a jump. 
And tomorrow, you came into the business last year as the chief exec. It's a family business, a, yeah. pro- a proper thing. Your background's here, you're an auditor. You're in a, you're a, a no, a, a, <laughs> happy days. A, a happy days. Oh, she's going, that was a, uh, thank you for mentioning that. PwC, I think, and I, a, a fine company. Just in a, in a nutshell, before we, take, we, we listen to some fantastic music, that transition from the corporate world into the family business sounds like you were pretty connected to it anyway through that time. I joined in two thousand and four, actually. So those ten, but in the, ten years, those yeah. ten years. Yeah. But yeah. When, when you joined from cor- the corporate world, yeah. what was that like? Bit of a breath of fresh air, really. Um, I uh, enjoyed. I've enjoyed all my working life, um, but actually to come in um, from my point of view, I, I like a broad, broad approach to the business. I like to be able to. Um, the excitement of building something up from scratch, putting in the new systems, putting in, um, uh, seeing how the, the the business itself developed is is such a challenge. It's 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 um, it's just really exciting, and actually in a in an, an environment which um, encourages you to to grow and think outside the box. Really, find out lots more from my business shapers today. The mother and daughter. Uh, Chris and Tamara Roberts, they're the, uh, the, the co-founder and the CEO of Ridgeview Wine Estate. Time for some music. This is Milestones from Mr. Miles Davis. Always good to have a bit of Miles Davis, of course, and that was Milestones. Chris and Tamara Roberts are with me. They're co-founder and CEO, respectively, of Ridgeview Wine Estate. Um, now bottling up 300,000 beautiful, tasty things for us to drink out there um, in the world. Now, the world, actually, Chris, has got a bit bigger, hasn't it? You were, it was UK for quite a while. You were out in Sussex. That's where, these, the, that's where these gorgeous vineyards are. And as you said, the soil was kind of similar to the Champagne region right. and the consistency and all the different nutrients. And the I think, is it, is it to do with acidity as well? Not really. Oh, good. There you go. How much do I know about soil? <laughs> Tell me what it is about the soil. Well, we, we Not really, it, Elliot, no. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the chalk and, and the clay we've got rather than an acidic soil. But I'm saying that is that important not to have the acidic soil? That's what I mean. Is well, it actually they're very tolerant? Oh, they're they? very tolerant things. Yes, it's really the lay of the land, and actually to be able to get the roots deep enough, and to get enough um, sunshine around them, and the weather. So if you have growing red grapes, you need warm weather, warmer weather. So we've got a field which is enclosed with um, woods and things, and then the white grapes are on a slope, which faces south which is pretty well ideal. It's the sort of thing you want, so it gets the sunshine all the time. But, I mean... If, talk, when we got it. If, I was going to say, well, this is my key point. You know, there isn't... In, in, the, in the history of winemaking, um, the, the British wine has... It's now faring much better. You're mm. one great example. It hasn't done so well you, because we haven't got the weather. How have you managed uh, to... Tell me the secrets. Here it comes. That's what making sparkling wine does because you don't want it completely sweet it has to be a bit acidic otherwise you can't make sparkling wine so if it became just like an ordinary drinking wine it would not be good enough to actually put bubbles in it'll go flat it wouldn't taste good so our climate is ideal in some respects it's really rather like champagne because they have very cold winters and they have a very short you know a shorter summer slightly different to ours but that's how it it works you know so 
Now we pick. You pick, and you get you, you going back a couple of businesses. I, I, I when I was reading about you, I read that you set up a kind of a nursery, you know, looking after kids thing when you were much much younger. Yeah. Um, then you went into you know with you and, and and your husband went into this creating this this software business mm-hmm. as well. Were you born into a family of entrepreneurs? I mean, was this a kind of was it that, or was it the sense that you just had to do, you had to earn money? It was important, and you went off and did things. I mean, it's not it's not very common in you know that generation back then for a mum to get up and do stuff. It's much more common now that women and and the whole equality is a different ballgame. But right then, that must have been different. Well, the slight difference was I had three sisters. I was the oldest. My father wanted a son, and I was him. <laughs> <laughs> She's very beautiful, by the way, I should add here. So I don't know what happened to the sun, but there you go. So I really just got used to doing, working hard, doing things, and always, um, and I enjoy it. I'm not very good at sitting around. And there's always something interesting to do. And a great role model for you tomorrow. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's um, all my life, both my, um, you know, mum has worked. I remember the nursery back... Um, when uh, we were young, and that uh, I think I think she put quite clear, quite quite correctly that uh, it went really well until I think my brother and I got a little bit older and uh, started to get a bit fed up of walking back into our house of younger children every day. Um, but that ran for a few years. Um, market stalls. There was always work going on, and then starting the um, computer business from our lounge at home, moving into a shop, moving into a big uh, you know a big industrial sort of uh, space. Um, so it's just been part of my life completely and given me the opportunity to work within those businesses as much as I can as I got to, uh, got to the, the right ages to do so, yeah. Stay with me to hear lots more from the mother and daughter, Chris and Tamara Roberts. Ladies, travelling a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom for your burgeoning business. Sounds like you need a role model to me. I'm going to say I'm like the, the best thing to do. Uh, some advice for your business from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Hi, I'm Kevin McCarthy. I'm a corporate lawyer with Mishkondorea. One important piece of advice I often give my clients is not to get too disheartened if a deal that they want doesn't happen the first time round. Very often, really successful transactions require a bit of time and they take place on the second or the third or some later iteration. But you know, if the deal doesn't happen the first time you try it, don't be put off, come back. Circumstances change, personnel change. If a deal makes commercial sense, it will still make commercial sense in a year. So don't get disheartened if success doesn't come immediately. I think that's a really important message to remember. And the converse is also true. Don't assume a deal is done until it's actually in the bag. When I first qualified in Scotland, I became a notary at the same time, and every notary in Scotland has a Latin maxim and a stamp which they get at that time. So I carry with me this kind of metal stamp which I put on documents from time to time if required. And my Latin maxim is obesa cantavit, which means the fat lady has sung. And so it's not until I've put that stamp on the papers that it's all done and dusted. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers, and every Saturday morning I get the chance to chat to someone who is shaping the world of business, and they're called Business Shapers. If you've missed any of the previous ones, there are literally hundreds, I think, in iTunes. Uh, Travelling on British Airways, you can listen over there as well. City AM is your destination if you're online and you fancy pootling around and finding out who else is available there. 
Today, my business shapers are Chris and Tamara Roberts, and they are, it's a family business. It's Ridgeview Estate Wines. I've tasted them before. I'm sure you have. If you're listening, um, you will know what they are. Beautiful, sparkling wines, grown in the lovely hills, the rolling hills of Sussex. And I'm with them here, and I'm really happy they can join me. We were talking earlier tomorrow about um, the fact that you saw your mum, you know, working from very young age. And in fact, you stopped the first business. You'd had enough of those children. (laughs) I I know what goes on. And then the second business built from, as you said, around the kitchen table to 300 people and you sell out and all these other fantastic things. What's it like working with your mum now? And what's it been like over the decade? Is it as you would expect when you have conflict? How do you manage the conflict? I'm, um, I, you know, I've enjoyed working with the family. I'm, I'm very good, I think, at uh, separating personal from the business side. Um, and that's important to have that line. Um, it can blur at times, but um, I'm much more open and honest about things. I prefer to sit down with somebody if there's an issue. So if I sense there's an issue about anything, I actually sit them down and say, right, what's the problem? What's going on? And and actually being open, honest and, and, and you know, a bit observant about uh, how things are rubbing along I think helps enormously um, and actually I live next door to my mum now as well on the on the estate so we couldn't get any closer really so we get I think we rub along pretty well I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, you're nodding Chris yeah? oh yeah yeah, yeah we do how, how um Chris how, what would you say is your uh, tomorrow's biggest strengths for you in the business as you've observed her, not just as the proud mum but as the as the co-founder of this business um it's her ability to actually get everyone working to the same tune. Um, so that is a great importance. You know, there's so many different parts of the business and everything has to work together and it has to sort of move in the same direction. But it's also seasonal. So it takes a, a lot of organising. She's got a great ability to actually get people to talk to each other and explain what's going on and work together. And and people do cross over and do other people's jobs, which helps you understand their problems and vice versa. And Tamara, your mum's greatest strengths, apart from obviously being the best mum in the world. <laughs> I hope you'd say that first. Yeah. I mean, God, if of course, I... Of course, of course. Of course she is, yeah, of course she is. I mean, she's been a great role model to me. There's been no time where my mum hasn't worked extremely hard um, and... And I think it's the unsung hero side of it, really, for my mum, is that she, she's there working and working away in the background and perhaps not taking any of the plaudits that perhaps some of the other members of the family will get from being a bit more in the front line of the business. But she is there basically keeping us all going. I mean, she's anything from supporting us with the childcare, with um, people being off, you know, if people are off sick, she'll stand in. It's just, um, you know, she's almost the, the biggest unsung but most important hero we have, really. Well, there you go. Stay with me for more from my brilliant business shapers today. Time for some music. This is Daniel Herskadal and Rainfall. That was Rainfall from Daniel Herskild, tuba player. You would have heard him in the background there, I hope, if you have a fine ear. I'm sure you do. Um, we were talking earlier about the, the, your, your qualities. Um, obviously, you set the business up with your husband. Yes. How did that partnership work? Was it obviously different to this one, but was it easy? Was it uh, honest? How, how, what's the dynamic? What was We've the... been working together in the previous business as well. 
So we'd been working together for 30, 40 years. And obviously... It, and it works. It works. But, but yeah. we're, we're very different. So we're not actually competing for the same thing. So Mike was, you know, the brains, if you like, and the business flair. And I was the clearer upper, making it work and doing all the background stuff. But that suits me in a lot of respects because I'm quite good at it. <laughs> but in those, and I imagine through, through that partnership, mm. and this is a different partnership, obviously different dynamic, but you would have lent on each other a lot, I'm guessing, in, in, in the business sense. Is that right? Were there other people outside of the two of you and now the two of you where you can go and people can listen and give you sage advice? Or does it remain literally within the family for you? For me, yeah. it was probably more in the family um, because we've been doing it a long, you know, working together a long time. So it was a matter of when things go wrong, one, the other one would gee the other one up and find a good reason why we should continue and that sort of thing. And um, we did have outside people that we'd worked with previously and that sort of thing. Um, we built up a good relationship with bank managers and that. Um, I would have said it was basically the two of us. Mm. And for you now, Tamara, is it, do you go to your mum when there's a proper problem? Or do you go to other people as well? Because you've worked in, the, in that mm. corporate world and it gives you an incredibly good grounding because you kind of, quote-unquote, know how to do things when there's scale involved and mm. when there's complexity and, and all those other things. But has it remained between the two of you, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's anything that's troubling me, my first port of call will always be to go to mum. And then if she, you know, we might agree that actually that's something that I probably... And it's almost just agreeing a sense check that I sometimes have the, the course of action I want to take in my mind, but I will go to mum and say, right, this has happened. I think I want to do this. And she'll go, I think that's a very good idea. And it could be that I need to go to external people or um, to get that advice properly, if it's a technical advice that I need in some way, or if um, we feel that, you know, we need some external, if, if we feel we can, com you know, cope with it within the family. And obviously I've got my brother, my sister-in-law, my husband as well, all, all involved in the mm. business too. So there is quite a wide, um, you know, array of people with different skills and abilities to talk to. So, um, but definitely if there's a, if there's a, I'll call a more sort of a more, a larger problem that I can't, I want some advice on, then definitely mum would be my first port of call. We'll have our final chat with our guests today, Chris and Tamara Roberts, plus play a track from the great Marcus Hill. That's after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was I Remember Summer from Marcus Hill and Megan McNeil. Chris and Tamara Roberts are my business shapers just for a few more minutes. We talked about a bunch of stuff. Um, I just want to think about the future for a bit. The business, uh, it strikes me, Chris, isn't. it wasn't set up to make you hundreds of millions of pounds and have an empire. It was set up because there was a love of the thing you were going to create and a pride in that, looking at the thing from its the very beginning right the way through the process and I think I read about that right through to the end product and you go we did that yes we created that 
What's going to happen for the next few years? Is it more of the same? Or is there... I mean, I know you're now exporting. Last five years or so, you've been exporting lots of countries. Is it yes. just, let's just do more great stuff like that? Or are there and other... We'll change things. They'll, they'll, they'll actually bring in new lines and we'll actually look at what the marketplace is looking at. And, and we've just got to develop with it. We can't stand still. No one can stand still in business. You have got to find things that will sell. And that's how... It's, it's got to continue. It's much more competitive now than it ever was. I mean, when, when, when I was growing up, there were two wines. In the 80s, there were like 10. In the 90s, it exploded. In the, two, you know, the last 15, mm. 20 years. But not only that, the quality's got better and it's all got cheaper. So how, in that complex place, how do you stand out? How do you ensure that people are buying your wine rather than someone else's? It's, a, it's very difficult um, and it's one of the, I think the next challenge for us we've been very focused on production and getting the quality right and um, getting the infrastructure and everything placed to make the best possible quality sparkling wines um, from our vineyards um, and the focus will still be on there but now with the you know not just the competition internationally from international wines but domestically as well I mean there's some fantastic other English sparkling wine producers out there now um, so we really have to focus on on exactly that question what makes us stand out against the rest and I think there's some you know we've got core brand values with us being the family business um, and being a very open um, business as well um, welcoming visitors journalists and everything to the winery we have got some very good core brand values already but it's really like you say is trying to um, get that message across uh, not only to our trade partners but to consume as well. Mm. And Chris, it's obviously this is a, a working full stop as a big part of your life. It is part of yes. part of who you are. I can't imagine you ever thinking of the R word. No, or, no. <laughs> she flashed me a look. Then it was a, it was a gentle Elliot. Don't even mention the word retirement because I imagine you won't. What, there's no point, right? No, no point, no point at all. Because there's always something new to learn, even if it varies to what I do. It'll be something there to do. Is that the key? Is it because you just want to carry on learning? Is every day yes. like, well, hold on, help me understand that? Is that what it is? Yes. Drives you, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Every day you learn something new. It may not be to do with your business or anything, but you always are learning something new. And working with the rest of the family, it is really a proper family business. Is that Does that cause complications or is it just more of the same? Because you're just incredibly nice to each other and sensible people. Is that is that the rest of them as well? Or are there chinks sometimes? There could always be chinks every now and then. I mean, we're all only human at the end of the day. It would be nice that we're superhuman and can, uh, and can uh, not have any sort of irks and uh, those sorts of things against each other but actually on the whole um, we have all ha everyone has something different to bring to what we do so um, and uh, maximising people's skills in the areas that they enjoy um, is my job and if I can get everyone in the family into positions that they really enjoy doing the work then generally those those contentious side of it disappears really. Well, look, I, I wish you both continued success and happiness because it looks like there are two, two happy campers here. The family is happy. The business is going well. Um, and thank you so much for spending the time with me. So I really appreciate it. Just before I let you go, I'm going to look at Chris. What's the song choice for you and why have you chosen it? Um, Django Reinhardt at St. Louis Blues. I chose that because it was one of the first things I heard that started making me appreciate jazz. Well, there you go. It's a pretty damn good reason. Well, here it is. And thanks again.
That was St. Louis Blues from Django Reinhardt, the song choice of my business shapers today, Chris and Tamara Roberts. From Chris's perspective, the co-founder, it was all about learning and working hard. And from Tamara's perspective, it was all about being supported, having your strengths understood and really, really benefiting from the family environment. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers. Meantime, though, you know what I'm going to say. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkonda Rea. It's business, but it's personal.